Ah, uh, shoot. Nope. Hang on. That isn't it. That's not going to do it. We're going to have to start this whole thing all over again. Man. So, so, so uh, huge shout out. Let me do this because we are going to try this again. A huge shout out to everyone who has gone to patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall talking with a new uh, Patreon saint, Joshua Jones, just the other day. Uh, he's like, hey, are the videos up on Patreon? Working on it. He said, hey, how come we only get uh, episodes through like 389 or something like that on Patreon? And the reason what we, or I should say what we do with Patreon, all the old episodes that are sort of archived out of what you would normally get in a podcast app, those are not available uh, via, you know, your your Apple podcast and that stuff. So you only get them really easily through Patreon. Uh, and then all of the other ones, when they start to expire through the regular feed, then we put them on Patreon. So the last 300 episodes are what you're able to just get, just being a lay person. But patreon.com if you want to be a Patreon saint. Okay, are you ready to try this again? Let's try it again. It is time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It worked. Could you hear it? I totally heard it. I totally heard it. This is going to save me so much time in editing. I'm going to be able to edit on the fly so we can essentially get done with episodes and then just be able to publish them straight, straight out. Not that you did that much editing anyway, but adding the songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now uh, the songs and uh, get ready. Come commercial time. I might have a surprise for you. Teasing things. It's so exciting. Uh, What's new with you? Anything good? Uh, Well, yesterday as we're recording this, um, I turned in my galleys for my book, which means the final proofread of the, like the layout and the format as how it actually will look on the page, which is exciting. It's like it looks like a real book. Then it's now, awesome. now. Let me let me ask you this: If you were not, or, or, is this with a publisher or is mm-hmm. this self publishing? Okay, this is with. Oh a yeah, publisher? yeah. This is with my my New York publisher that's so coming you, out in March. So do yeah. you? I didn't realize. Uh, I didn't realize that you had to do this part of it. Well, no, they 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 did all the typesetting, so they okay. made it look all pretty and all that. Okay. That's the, that's just someone with that job, and there's, they also have a proofreader, but then they let you look at it as well because. Yeah. I, I, Actually, I learned this in an editing class back in college where Go on. one one good proofreader will catch about 80% of errors. So you really want more than one set of eyeballs on it. So mm-hmm. I, you know, went through the whole thing and, you know, it's been several months since I've done that. And I'm caught a few things here and there. Not tons, but enough to go, oh, I'm glad I got to look at it again. So yeah. that. Yeah. I'll tell you what. It's so funny. Uh, in the most recent past, I've had the opportunity to... Um, to uh, be involved with some audiobooks, and mm-hmm. it's my favorite when you notice something as you're reading it yeah. out loud that has made it to print. Although, except sometimes audiobooks get like the version that I had mm-hmm. to look at. It may mm-hmm. still have some typos before it's officially gone to the printer. Uh, I, it depends. It depends. Uh, uh, but if yeah, there's a but, lot of but hearing uh, hearing. Um, so Charlie Bird, he has a new book coming out mm-hmm. in the new year. 
spoiler, everybody, uh, but he and I worked together on his audiobook and hearing him just as he gets to different parts of his book, what, what is this? How did this make it through? And or uh, a shout out to um, previous guest of the Cultural Hall, Sean Tucker, his book, Humility, A Practical Approach. You might mm-hmm. hear this voice. And future guest of the Cultural Hall, Dr. Taylor Hartman, uh, who came nice. up with the color code, which is now called the People Code. Uh, you can find his oh, yeah. book, The People Code, now on Audible, as read by Richie T. Stedman. One Richie T. I will say that is one of the hardest things is going through it. And now you're like, I, I used that comparison last chapter. I'm overusing this word. What the heck? Like, I'm too late to change that stuff. Yeah. Like, man. But no, so it's no, it's exciting. It's being able to look at it and go, it's going to be a real book and reading the acknowledgments and all that fun stuff and go, yeah, this is great. But I was going to tell you this before yeah. I forgot again. So yes. we have, I have a little family history nugget I wanted to share that was super cool. Okay. Okay. We'll try not to get be a digit in it, as we say. Um, so <laughs> we do say that. We do a little bit. Um, so I have. Uh, so many elements of the story that could make it long. Um, so my dad grew up in Logan, mm-hmm. Cache Valley. And um, as everybody uh, knows, he's on the old that together. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's on the he's he's on the older end of things and he's eight of eleven children. So he had seven siblings that were older. And as a kid, he remembers um teenagers coming over with his older siblings, including one um who grew up to be one L. Tom Perry. That was just a, a neighborhood kid that would hang out with his siblings. Um, and if you fast forward several years, my uncle David was actually called to the Logan Temple presidency. And they, Elder Perry was the one who called him. Mm-hmm. And they call, they catch up on family things and um, and whatnot. Like, oh, how, how are your siblings doing? And this and that. And then it came down to, but as we know, we don't get callings because of who we know. The Lord is giving you this calling, which is mm-hmm. kind of a fun little reminder. Go, then he called him. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so I have a cousin who has been finding some old family pictures and he uploaded a picture to family search of my, my oldest uncle, um, mm-hmm. uncle Augie, who died before I was born. Um, and it's, it's like his second grade picture, class picture kind of thing. Hilarious, adorable, his hair's everywhere. And as we're staring at it, we're like, hold on a second. I started digging on the church website. I find a picture of childhood age, L. Tom Perry. We're pretty sure this picture has L. Tom Perry standing next to my uncle. Well, <laughs> I can't prove it, but like the picture I put side by side, the eye structure, the nose, the ears, and he has a little scowl on his face, mm-hmm. which is very unlike the happy Ernie Sesame Street L. Tom Perry that we come knew in his later years. But it's the same. I swear it's the same kid. And I look check their their birth dates. They're seven months apart. They probably would have been in the same class. Could have been, especially in small town Logan in 1928. Yes. yes. Anyway, it was super cool. We're like this. <laughs> I can't prove it, but it looks really cool. So I'll, I'll, I'll post the picture of the comparison side by side on that's Instagram. Very cool. It's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. You can follow us, the cultural hall doc, or I'm sorry, Instagram.com, the cultural hall, or just do what everyone does. It's at the cultural hall. You don't go to the actual website of the thing, but Annette does an amazing job there. Uh, I have to tell you a story. Are you ready for a little story? I'm ready. Bring it. So uh, I'm a fair skinned gentleman, a ginger uh, by, bir- by birth. Yes. And uh, have had my bouts with skin troubles over the years. I've had multiple things removed, some of which could have been uh, life-ending had they mm-hmm. not been given the proper attention. 
So uh, every year on a semi-annual basis, no, I'm not talking about general conference. I'm talking about the time that I go to the dermatologist. I write the week before my birthday, I go to the uh, dermatologist. So that's June. And then six months later, right before Christmas, I also go to the dermatologist. And yesterday, I had the opportunity to go to the dermatologist. So sit back and relax as I tell you the story of Richie at the dermatologist. So my particular dermatologist, uh, he used to be my home teacher. Now, technically, I just see his physician's assistant, and I think he works in the office like one day a month, but, you know, he still likes it, blah, 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 right? So, but that's how I know that, and that's kind of a fun church connection. He has an office at the hospital, so I go to the hospital, and as I'm getting on the elevator, this woman sort of rushedly runs into the elevator, and, and, you know, we're like, oh, we got got you, come on in. Four floors, there was eight people in the elevator. I don't think I've been on an elevator with eight people in four years. Like it felt not uncomfortable, but it was noticeable to me that I was like, huh, I guess things are completely back to normal now because all of us in a hospital without masks are in an elevator together. Here we go. That so, would be weird. Yeah. Yeah. It it just felt different. I wasn't like terrified or like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get so sick, but it was noticeably different. So first floor, you know, that's when we get on, second, some leave, third, some leave. And then we get to the, where we're riding third to fourth floor and it's just me and this woman. And I say something like, man, I had a little bit of a panic attack there. There's a lot of people I've been, you know, make the comment about that. And then we sort of step off the elevator. And typically that's where you go separate ways of the person that it is. And I found myself in that sweet, socially awkward position where she and I were walking in the same direction. And it was like, we sort of said goodbye to each other, but I'm not following <laughs> you. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm headed this same way. Are we, and, and are then we I'm, talking? Yeah. <laughs> are we friends so, now? Yeah. And, and I was friendly. I would not say that what I was, was flirty, but I was joking. Right. I was jovial. I Richie T was jovial. What? I, I would have said the same things had my wife been there. So before right. we sort of accusations right. like that, but I was being friendly. Right. So then I go into the dermatologist and, uh, you know, I sit down. I'm like, do I need to have a mask? Blah, blah, blah. Copay, sit down. And then uh, my name gets called to come back. And guess who it is? It's Mm-mm. the woman from the elevator. She's going to be my nurse. And, uh, you know, she's like, hey, you know, we're doing this. And go ahead and, you know, put this this uh, robe on. Because that's how they do the dermatologist checks. You uh, wear no clothes yeah. except for the uh, the gown. And then you sit on the chair. So he comes in. That is my physician's assistant. Does the check over. And then, uh, you know, you lay uh, with what I lovingly call butt up uh, on the uh, on the table and they, they lower, check everything and they lower you down because I have to. I mean, it's a yeah. total body skin check and that's the way that it should be. That's yep. why I have insurance. That's why I go there for. So you just have to like forgo any sort of dignity or whatever. So there I am butt up on the table and um, I just make the comment. I was like. You remember just like five minutes ago when we were both in the elevator and I didn't think that you'd be seeing me naked shortly. No. <laughs> and she she's like, oh, yeah, I guess that, I guess that is sort of weird, but it happens enough to her that she doesn't even think about it. And it's medical. So I'm sure she's, you know, whatever. Yeah. 
And the joke with my dermatologist, because I always see him at the gym as well. He's like, how are you doing? I said, I'm trying really hard to look at, have you have something for you better to look at the next time I see you. So I'm trying to work out a little harder and that kind nice. of stuff. So, so we have, you know, that sort of relationship. So That's awesome. He gets done and they actually. So that uh, wasn't the story. That was funny no, all by itself. Oh, no, goodness. no, no, no. I mean, that's part of it. But so uh, they find a mole that he's like, you know what? It's probably nothing. But we're going to go ahead and, and uh, you know, shave this and see if we yeah, can make a like bigger gap in there. Yeah. Yeah. So they do that. And then he sort of says, hey, you know what? I'll come back and I'll check with you real quick right before you leave. But she's going to take a couple pictures. And uh, and they do that. Believe it or not, it's not because I'm a fine, sweet specimen. It's so that they can, you know, mark it with six months from now. Hey, this is different. This is a different color. This is a different size. This wasn't here six months ago, etc. So this table where I am butt up, it's like a dentist table, a dentist chair in that like it can go up and it can go down. And so I am with my butt up in the air, but as about as close to the ground as I can be. And the woman, the elevator woman is taking pictures on her iPad of my naked gowned body and right next to where I am. Because again, right, I'm, I'm ground level. She has not double knotted her shoes. Oh no, and and I'm a child. Uh, uh, both. Oh gosh. <laughs> both of God and a child in the way that I, you know, I deal with things. I untied both of her shoes, <laughs> and, and immediately I was like, "I don't know why I did that. I'm so sorry. I could not help myself." She's laughing. She's like, I've got to be careful. I have to put a Band-Aid on. I can't tie my shoes because I've washed my hand. So now I have to put the Band-Aid on before I can whatever. And I was like, yeah, listen, I'm so sorry. But also, I am not sorry at all. <laughs> so that is the end of the story. Oh, gosh. Untied, untied the nurse's shoes. My only regret that I didn't tie them together and not tell her. That's actually what, what I was expecting. And then she did a face plant or something. No. Oh, come no. on. Well, come on. What am I? A child. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You want to hear something else cool about this new gear that we've got? This is what some some people are thinking at the end of this story. Can you hear it? No. It's crickets. You can't hear that? Oh, it's... Okay. Get it louder. Okay. Okay. It's too quiet. Hold on. There we go. No, that's I can hear a little bit. That's That's I'm hearing something. Okay. How about this? Why is that... Too many buttons. I'm still working out the bugs on this. Okay. Oh, fun. So uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll do actual articles of news. Hold on. Get ready. This might work. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Let me take a quick second and tell you about BestDJInUtah.com. It's the holiday season, and if you are one of those people that is still planning out a holiday party, yeah, we do the last-minute stuff. 
Uh, sometimes I'll have things where it's like, hey, it's Monday, and uh, can you come and DJ this wedding or party on Friday or Saturday night? I can certainly do that. Uh, BestDJInUtah.com. I'm excited here in the next couple of weeks, I'm headed up to Idaho Falls to do a, a wedding. So it's not just Utah. Uh, several on slate next year, uh, headed to Redding, California, uh, as well as uh, another one up in Pinedale, Wyoming. And of course, Utah every weekend. So hop online. It's bestdjinutah.com. You may wonder why it's bestdjinutah. It's because I got the most Google reviews, the highest rated DJ in the state of Utah on Google. It's bestdjinutah.com. Hi, friends. Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. Our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop computer, and they start at only $29 a month. Check us out at PCLaptops.com. All right. So here in the second half of Articles of News, this is such a fun toy. We get to do actual articles of news. Fingers crossed this works. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Where did you want to start with news? Well, I was going to ask you if you'd heard back from people on if they prefer heavy at the beginning or at the end. Because I have a lot of happy stuff. There's uh, some dark stuff too. Well, well, and I've got a lot of dark stuff. So what do you say we uh, keep people guessing? And uh, I'll, I'll take a... Let's start with a dark one, and then we'll go light, and we'll go dark light, dark light till we okay. get everything. Does that sound all right? Sounds good. All right. So, um, wait. So I think we said dark light. Dark. Yes. So we'll go. Dark. We'll go here first. So you're going to go or, dark, then I go light. Yes. Okay. All right. So if you've got the young ears around, um, I I, I don't know that you need to excuse them necessarily on this because I think that there's a lesson in this particular story for everyone. Uh, this is from Wellington, Utah. If you're unfamiliar with where that is, it's just outside of Price. If you're unfamiliar with where that is, it's just on the other side of some mountains from Utah County. Um Wellington, a man has been booked into the Carbon County Jail after police say that he entered a church meeting house to talk with the bishop and instead followed a girl into a restroom and abused her. James Snyder, age 50, uh, this past Sunday Sunday entered the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, at about 11 a.m. Instead of going to meet with the bishop, he went into the women's bathroom. Girl was in there using the bathroom. She tried to wash her hands. Mr. Snyder was there, and uh, instead of allowing her to wash her hands, he grabbed her by the wrist and pushed her against the wall, started to undo his pants. The young woman kicked him in the groin and then started yelling. Uh, the police were then able to take Mr. Snyder into another room to which he said, I made a mistake. Uh, and the mother, the caregiver of the teenage girl, said, yeah, you sure did. These are quotes, by the way, from the article. Uh, Snyder uh, led officers, uh, led Officer Judd to believing that he had intention of rape and complained of confusion. Uh, he was charged of child kidnapping, which is a first degree felony, sexual abuse of a child, which is a second degree felony, uh, assault, a class B misdemeanor. And he was booked into the Carbon County Jail and is being held on a hundred thousand dollars bail. So here's the thing uh, that I would perhaps say about that. Um, and, I, and I don't know that you would, certainly with a teenager, because this is a teenaged person, but I know sometimes we think, 
what could possibly happen during church hours or, you know, oh, it's fine. He does not want to, or she does not want to be in here for a sacrament meeting and just wants to go use the bathroom. I think, I think that there is a, a, at least a cause for pause to go, you know, uh, well, you know, at what age is that appropriate? And it's probably determined by everyone. Um, so, so just know, Hey, this kind of stuff happens. It's unfortunate. It's terrible. Glad they caught the guy. Uh, it sounds like he probably has, um, you know, a, 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 some work to do on himself. Um, and hopefully the prison time will allow him to be able to do that. But, uh, you know, it, it's gross and it happened. And I, you know, I just, I always like to urge people to be just, uh, you know, just a little bit that extra careful. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, gross, terrible, just be cautious. I would hate, you know, and, and the people that will come against us, this happens in all the church. I'm not saying that of this course is it a does. Uh, church point is, Latter-day Saints specific. I'm just saying, be careful. We're not exempt. It happens yeah. everywhere. We're not exempt. Be- and I'm so- go her though for fighting and being like, no, I don't think so, dude. Yeah. But still, that's just that should not be happening. Obviously, Agreed. but yeah, that's awful. Uh, tell me, what do you have? What is the brightness? Bring brightness to my dark brightness. Okay, so um, in November there is a replay you can watch. Um, internationally famous writer Brandon Sanderson did a fireside streamed on Facebook. Okay. And it was through the now put Brandon Sanderson because I know you know him and I know a lot a lot of people know him. Okay, so Brandon Sanderson, um, he oh he's literally one of the biggest fantasy novelists on the planet. So people who know Wheel of Time, Mm -hmm. Robert Jordan um, died before he could finish the the series. His wife, who was also his editor, handpicked Brandon to finish the series. Um, he's done the, uh, way of King series, which is absolutely huge and Mistborn. And I mean, like you look him up, the guy is massive and he's won and, all the awards. And, and even if you don't know that it, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't it Brandon Sanderson that was like, Hey, I think maybe I could get like a million dollars for some books. Oh. And he yeah, ended he, up getting like 14 million, so which is the most on Kickstarter. He, or yeah, something. he did a Kickstarter in March that was, um, essentially I wrote some books during the pandemic that I wasn't planning on because. Instead of having his creativity squelched by the pandemic like I had, his just was like, I'm bored. I'll write something brand new. So he did this Kickstarter um, where basically he's like, I have five completely different books that nobody knows about, different genres. One I wrote for my wife um, and it was funded within a couple of hours. It is the world record breaking Kickstarter of all time. So. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. So, anyway. so that Brandon Sanderson. So this this Brandon Sanderson, member of the church. Um Anyway, yeah, sort of a mission in Korea and all this stuff. So um, the Orem mission had him do his little fireside streamed, and it was adorable and awesome. I watched it live, and um, so we'll have the link. You can watch the replay. It was adorable, though. So they had a, a, a you know, young elder and a young sister asking questions, some that had been submitted in advance. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that the the girl was like, this is this is an honor to be able to ask this gentleman questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, 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 the elder... You could just tell he was fanboying like completely oh. crazy. It was the cutest thing because she would say things like, so how does the spirit tell you? Or how did you decide to do that? You know, and then he'd be like, okay, and Mistborn when Kelsier does this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, 
So I was picturing him going, Mom. Yeah, like when he first opened his call, or in Utah, going, Oh man. And now he goes, Mom, I figured out why. This was why I was called to Orem so I could talk to Brandon Sanders and all those late nights of ignoring my homework and reading his massive books have paid off. This is it, Mom. The church is true. Um, it was adorable. So anyway. Is yeah. Brandon Sanderson well spoken? Yes. Um because you, you he, know what I'm talking about. Some authors, you're like, boy, keep it to the Oh no. He's so, so I will say, um, I, I don't think this he, he would even balk at this. He's he, socially, he, if you talk to him just one on one, he maybe he's a little bit possibly Asperger's a tiny, a tiny bit, uh-huh. but he is so well spoken as far as you ask him questions. He, I mean, he teaches at BYU. He's had a podcast of his own for a very long time, and he is incredibly generous and incredibly articulate when he is explaining and answering questions and being interviewed and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's. He's not awkward at all when it comes to speaking on the fly, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's and he seriously is, is a really good dude. I mean, he's just a, a generous and good, good guy. So we'll, well, we'll go for that. And then the other thing that I'll ask you about that is uh, have any of those books that uh, got kickstarted, have they been published yet? Are they available? Are they any good? I don't think they're out yet. I'm okay. not hundred percent sure on that. Um, I know that my daughter and her husband, they they jumped on the Kickstarter. So I have to ask sure. her. Sure. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't think they're out yet. I think I would have heard. Okay. So, we'll All right. Back to the darkness. Yes. It's, uh, it's like the, uh, it's like the red and the uh, blue side of the force or green. Is green the good and reds? I know reds. Red's the bad. bad. Yeah. yeah. I want to say blue. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I should know this. My son-in-law is a big Star Wars guy. He's going to say, seriously, you don't remember. He's going to yell at you at Christmas. Yeah. Sorry, Connor. Oh, uh, former Manly Sea Eagles rising star. So this is a rugby team uh, over in, uh, uh, I want to say it's in Australia. Yeah, Australia. Um, Manasse Finu is his name. This, we followed the story since it originally occurred. He was found guilty of stabbing a youth leader back in 2019. So uh, I to put this maybe in sort of context, um, this rugby player was like top notch. They thought he would get millions of dollars in his contract, right? Manasse Finu. And he went to a um, a church dance. That is a Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints dance. Um, and he pled not guilty for plunging a steak knife into the back of Famanu Levi at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints at Wattle Grove in Sydney's Southwest. Um, On this past Friday, Finu was uh, sentenced to eight years non-parole. He's going to get credit for the time that he's served. Uh, One eyewitness, Tony Quach, told the court that he had seen Mr. Finu stab Mr. Levi, puncturing his lungs and causing internal bleeding. Uh, the offender, who was observed to have an angry look on his face, this is a quote, used the steak knife and plunged it into the victim. The former NL, NRL star, which is, I think, National Rugby League, then slashed the knife in an upward motion towards the victim's face to cause a deep cut above his eyebrow. This all took place in the parking lot outside of a Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he, here's the thing. To to me the 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 thing that um that I sort of have taken about the, away from this is the power of one decision in your life. Now it's not to say that repentance is impossible. It's not to say all the things, right? So everyone come at me for that. Now let's be done. But 
This is a guy who would be in a much different life if he had just been able to, if he got angry about this thing to be able to walk away, if he would have just, you know, been able to remove himself from the situation or just decided not to stab this guy and, and do something completely different. He would be in the top of his game, a highly sought after athlete making millions of dollars and instead will be in jail until at least 2026. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, uh, either or both uh, are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I know that one in the group was not a member, but was like there, hey, yeah, we're going to the dance and this is a thing. But I think that both involved in the altercation were in fact members of the church. So it's too bad. It's unfortunate. I hope that, you know, that he gets the time to kind of rehabilitate and be able to come out and not let, you know, his past define him. But certainly it is altering for the time that he has been in jail and will continue to be in. And, and, you know, to the point of the article, though, because rugby stars can be a little bit older. I mean, you're always more valuable when you're younger. He may be able to make a complete return to playing, but what a different kind of scenario. Part of me, though, also worries that if he has that kind of a temper, is he a danger to society when he gets out in, what, seven sure. years or sure. whatever it was? That's sure. that's nerve-wracking. Yeah. Oof. That's a little bit of darkness that needs some brightening up. Okay, so I'll go back to light then. Um, there is a 10 things to do on Temple Square at Christmas. A time. list. A list. Um, and here's the, the fun thing. I'm going to just rub it in everybody's face. Um, <laughs> I get to go to the Tab concert, the Christmas concert. The Tabernacle Choir. At Tabernacle Choir, Temple Square. Who's yes. the musical guest this year? I've forgotten. I've already forgotten as well. I don't know that I care. I'll, um, I'll, I'll look it up. I mean, so it's, here's great, the... it's a great holiday tradition. <laughs> so I, I'm lucky. So I'm name dropping another writer here. Um, Sarah M. Eden. She's known among all, everyone. Anytime someone hears that I know her, they go, oh, my gosh, I love her books. And I'm like, yes, I know. I knew her before. I loved her before she was famous. Um, her husband's in the choir. Um, and so my birthday is in December. And so late, since he's joined the choir in December, she gives me two tickets every year. Oh. She's the best. I just love her to pieces. So, um, so yeah, so she texted me the other day and she goes, okay, it's a time for our tradition again. Do you want tickets on Thursday or Friday? Mm-hmm. So I was like, you rock. And preemptively happy 34th birthday. Oh, that's very sweet. Completely mm-hmm. false, but very sweet. Leah Salonga is who it yeah. is. Leah Salonga. That's the musical guest for the 2022 Tabernacle Choir Christmas concert. You're saying, who is Leah Salonga? She is the singing voice of Princess Jasmine from Aladdin and Fa Mulan from Mulan and Mulan 2. Very cool. Yeah, it's the concerts are always amazing. Like, you know, Kristen Chenoweth a few years ago. So Mm -hmm. good. James Taylor. James Taylor and the Muppets. Yeah, I wasn't able to go to that one. That wasn't that was before her husband joined the choir and I got my tickets. But anyway, so 10 things to do on Temple Square. Christmas lights, of course. They will remain on daily through January 1st. Um, okay. And so there's that, um, which is good because I, I, I we went up there once during Christmas break, I think, and they were already off. So it's good to know when they end Yep. with the kids. Okay, it's a Peace on Earth animated nativity. Um, it's, it's projected onto the ceiling of the tabernacle, not the conference center, but the tabernacle. It's a four-minute presentation. They use graphics, narration, music to tell the story of um, Christ child's birth. 
That's awesome. So yeah. Anyway, and then there's you can just, there's a whole other you know, basically you walk around Temple Square, you'll see a lot of cool things, international nativities, um, church history museum activities, which actually those are kind of fun. I did that. We did, went there with my kids when they were much younger and did some of that. Um, there's also the Christ the Child film you can watch. Mm-hmm. Um, Savior of the World, His Birth and Resurrection, which I don't think they, I think they stopped for a few years there and then they started it up again, um, which is in the little conference, the conference center, small theater. They do that to have to have tickets. Okay. Um, although they were probably sold out by now. Um, anyway, and there's, there's daily Christmas concerts by local choirs, like high schools and other choirs will come and do things in the little assembly hall and other areas on Temple Square. And then, of course, there's the giving machines and finally music and the spoken word. Um, which of course is year round, but I guess it's Christmas themed. Yeah, it, well, and it's huge at Christmas, where yeah. you can normally just kind of show up on any given Sunday morning throughout the year uh, around the twenty fourth of July, because they use that one as kind of like the practice for the for the twenty fourth of July concert and the Christmas ones. The Christmas for Pioneer Day, Day for those who don't yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, oh, one fun thing, just a little G was here on. Oh, what's his name? He does uh, the music and the spoken word. Yeah. <laughs> Lloyd Newell? Yes. So a friend of mine that I grew up with, um, she had him as a seminary teacher. Okay. And she she was saying, you know, you can tell he does music in the spoken word. His voice is so soothing. It's so hard to stay awake. <laughs> He's a great teacher, but his voice is just so soothing as you're sitting in class and you're a senior and you're tired and you're like. A thousand percent. I, I thought that. that was awesome. Anyway. Uh, okay. So uh, th- this is darkness, but in a different way. I don't care for this. I would con- I would file this in sort of darkness. Uh, go with me here. You know who David Archuleta is. Of course. Uh, I love that this article calls him Crush Singer. That's probably his most uh, famous outside of the church song, Crush. He was on American Idol. He was the David that didn't win. Runner up. Uh, he has recently come out and left the church and said, you know, hey, faith crisis, I'm going to have to step away for that. So... Uh, interesting thing, he is in the midst of a uh, traveling all around the state of Utah Christmas concert series. Um, I know that a couple of weeks ago, he was down in a town called Ivan's, which is just outside of St. George, which is in the southern part of Utah at a place called Tuacon, did a big outdoor concert. Um, he was also most recently in a a uh, small, I would even call it a township of Delta, Utah. So he's playing the big cities. He'll, he'll play Salt Lake and some of the other, you know, Ogden and Provo and that. But he's also, you know, he's hitting all the little all the little dots on the Utah map. And as part of his concert, and this was first relayed to me by my dad, who saw him down in Tuacon, said, it's an amazing concert. He's dressed up. It's the Christmas songs. It's the religious things. It's all these things, right? And then he ends and you clap. And of course, we all know that anymore, artists always have encores. They're not real encores. We know it. It's part of the show. We wait for it. And yes, it used to be a surprise, but now we're entitled to an encore. So it's not really an encore, whatever. He comes back and uh, during the encore, he uh, before he plays a couple of songs, he sort of talks about his journey, talks about his journey with um, recognizing himself to be queer and what that means and how it's been hard for him and and, uh, you know, the journey with his faith and all that. And he as my dad described it, uh, he said that he just um, he kind of sits at a piano and sort of um, plunks out chords. So it's not like he's singing. He's just sort of accompanying him by 
you know, some some noise on the piano with some chords and and shares uh, his journey uh, with his faith. Um, and on his Instagram the other day, he shared this uh, email that he received. Um, this is just a portion of it, but said, I thought the concert was incredible. And David took the crowd on a magical Christmas journey with each song, the excitement built, but, uh, built those attending loved it and appreciated the great talent and voice that David has. I could not have asked for more up to that point. People were having a Christmas experience that was phenomenal to go from that high to people walking out of the concert when David used what people thought was a Christmas concert to talk about his journey to being queer. So that's just part of his, um, of his, of this email that was sent to him. And then he responded, he says, I'm sharing something that I felt I've had to keep hidden nearly all my life because you believe your existence is unacceptable. That mindset is not healthy. So I'm choosing not to hide it anymore. Um, the person singing those songs on stage was no different from the person at the end of the show. I am learning to love myself and encourage others to do the same. Um, he concluded his message by thanking anyone else who still follows me through my journey. I am so grateful to you. So, uh, he goes on to say, I will not apologize for anything I say. However, imperfectly I express it. I am me and I will never apologize for it again, how I did for so many years. And I hope you can unapologetically and lovingly be you too wherever you may be on your journey. So, so I will say this about that. Uh, I, I think it's maybe surprising that he would do that at a concert, you know, that he would do a lot of Christmas music and then just be able to open it up. But guess what? He gets to pick. It's his concert of which he's performing. And if you push back against that and you're like, yeah, but I don't need the lecture or whatever. Okay. That's it. I, don't, go, I, don't go to the next one whatever yeah, yeah. don't go to the next one or you went to it and you go you know what when he did that maybe i didn't appreciate that i would have loved it if it were just christmas music and then are we ready for this you just kept it to yourself wait that's a possibility i mean no it's no it's not a possibility <laughs> but apparently oh but i just because presuming here so going out on a limb and throwing a lot of suppositions into this whole thing right i'm supposing that the person that watched this slash sent this email is likely a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints right and so it just reinforces to david archuleta that we love him so long as he behaves the way that we want him to behave and that the love is conditional which p.s spoiler alert no, to the end isn't how jesus worked nor is it how we should work. So like, like I get it. Maybe. Well, here's the other thing that kind of that, that jumped out at me from the email was that he said, you said uh, to David's journey to becoming queer. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, no, he's always been queer. This He's just fine. He, he's just living and accepting himself. I it just like yeah. the misunderstanding of how this works is still sure. blowing my mind. Like yeah. I would get it if this is someone, you know, yeah. who's a great grandparent or something. <laughs> Doesn't, cool. but oh it, my gosh, people. 
and, and devil's advocate, that could just be a poor choice of words. But I, but I also think, you know, hey, if I was at a concert and whatever was happening during the concert was not something that, that, uh, that I felt like I could sit through, I, I mean, I would probably get up and I would, you know, I, I probably wouldn't actually, because I have respect enough for the performer that I just kind of go, okay, I don't enjoy this, but you know, whatever this is going on. But if it was, if it was so offensive to me that I had to walk away from it, I think that I would like, I, I think that my getting up from said performance would speak enough that I don't need to be, how dare, what a great yeah. Christmas until you ruined it. Well, and I mean, you've been a performer for, for and I obviously I'm a writer hearing if when some, if someone sends you an uh, email that is so personal about something that you've created and done, it's, it's far more hurtful than I think people realize, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got one email 10 plus years ago from a, a, a reader. Um, who was just really upset over something in one of my books saying, thinking that I was taking death lightly or what, anyway, it was one story. It's a book where like men go off to war. I'm like, you didn't see this coming. Um, (laughs) Just saying. Um, But I, I, I replied and I tried to be very kind and generous in a reply after waiting a few hours to cool off. And then she replied back going, Oh gosh, sorry. I wasn't really thinking. I just sent that off when I was mad last night. Mm. Um, because I think people do forget there's a real person on the other side. Sure. And then when you're in the arts, it is literally a part of your soul you are sharing with other people. And so I might not like someone's stuff. I'm not going to go bash them, let alone tell them personally, like don't, if you don't like their someone's someone's book or their movie or their performance, just don't just keep it to yourself or leave a review, but don't email them personally. Don't don't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I have a lot of friends who get really really nasty emails from readers, and I'm just it just it's it's crushing, guys. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, playing the other side of this, I think that there's a way that you can say in a constructive way, "Hey, Annette." You know, I just wanted to let you know that I, you know, that this impacted me this way. That mm-hmm. isn't, I can't believe that you would take death so unseriously that, you know, like, I, I just wanted to share with you that, that, uh, as I read your book, I was, uh, triggered because this is the experience that I've had. Uh, it is the tone in which you yeah. ad- address other people that I think we struggle, 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 struggle. Let me ask you this. How many uh, more bright stories or maybe just news stories in general do you have? Uh, let's see. I've got. Because I've got a few that we just need to go through quick. I want to try and I've keep this about I've an hour. Few. Yeah, I've got a few. Just They're mostly quick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Several uh, I can, yeah. So I'll share this with you because I just got such a kick out of it. There is a game apparently um that is called I am Jesus Christ and it is uh available you can see the demo on it on YouTube and there will be a link for it in the show notes a- as near as i can tell what you're doing is experiencing the world as it was around um like Christ's time and you go and you uh you're able to learn uh about Christ um, because you can visit with like the woman at the well and, you know, some of these other things. And it looks like, you'll forgive the crude comparison, but it looks like um, almost like a Call of Duty or, you know, that kind of thing. It's you. Walk- but it's an RPG where you're Christ walking around through his life. No, no, no. You're a person. 
um, okay. walking around um, the various historic places that Christ would have been and meeting people from the Bible and being like, who is this Christ? And it's like, oh, he saved merit, performed miracles or whatever, right? It looks cool. This isn't the thing that I would get into, but the thing that I would tell you is um, is a hundred percent worth it. Let me see if I can get this to. Oh, is it not going to let me pull up? This was worth every bit of it the other day. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Hang on. For some reason, I'm not able to get the comments to pull up. Maybe they turned the comments off. They might have. Oh nope, there they are. Uh, the comments on this particular, like, uh, prologue gameplay, which I guess they do this for most video games, right? So you can get an idea of it. It's a chance where some of these gamers will play, um, the game and other people watch it. It's like, oh my gosh, how did you do this? Or whatever introduces the game to people. But the, the, um, comments are so fantastic from the religiously clever, to the irreverent, um, uh, some of them perhaps uh, maybe a little sacrilegious, um, <laughs> but like this one, uh, I hope nobody spoils the ending of this game. I just think that's <laughs> clever. Uh, that's good. Uh, the people that are talking about because you can make like adaptations for games. Um, like a zombie version of this game, I thought was kind of clever. Their comment is a little bit better spoken than that. Um, so it it it's one of those things where the comments may very well be the entertainment value for you. And it and if and if it's not your bag, that's fine. Move along. But it it, it did make me chuckle the way that people have commented on that and the game itself. If you're you know that sort of uh, RPG, you know, first person walking around kind of game person. It looks pretty cool. Fun. That's awesome. What do you got? <laughs> so this, I'll go with one dark story today, then we'll go to them at the lighter oh, ones later. Oh, you're doing the dark. Okay. So I'll just do it one dark. Um, so in November, this is a, a recent graduate of BYU-Idaho um, from Georgia was killed by a friend of his. So it was first oh. reported on November 14th. He had died, I believe, on the 12th. Um, at that point, they weren't releasing many details except that a suspect was in custody. Um, and then a few days later, um, we heard that the cause of death was stabbing. Um, and then the memorial service was then um, set up for that the, the following Sunday after that. And there's an online fundraiser. Um, the, this young man, his name was Aaron William Davis, um, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, they said that you know, he had, like I said, he just graduated from BYU-Idaho, and he was planning on going to, to um, graduate school. He wanted to be a high school civics teacher. Hmm. Um, anyway, it's just one of the just really tragic situation where they were like, what just happened here? His friend, he was staying at, at his friend's house overnight on his way, I think, on a road trip or something. And then they found, anyway, it has a map of here's where the car was found. Here's the where the body was found. Um, but the family is just basically hanging on to their testimonies. And saying, oh, we lost a child many years ago. Um, and so they're together now. But this is just um, his um, father. Ran yeah, so tragic. Randy Davis, his father, says, we're heartbroken and we feel betrayed because it's a friend who's been accused. Um, I can't even imagine. Yeah, he goes, he was like our son. We don't understand what happened. Meaning that, you know, the. And the we, don't, we don't know anything more about motive or anything like that. Yeah. At this point, a lot of it. Yeah, it's just a lot. There's just question marks. We don't we don't know anything beyond that. But there is. Yeah, there's a link to the. um the GoFundMe and all that for his, his poor Oof. family. Oof. Anyway. 
Uh, okay, a couple quick stories real uh, fast. One is, uh, and I've had this in my news fetcher, which I like to use as an expletive, uh, for a while. Uh, general conference podcast episodes are now available. So if if in the past you've been like, oh, geez, I have to load each individual talk and I have to do that through the gospel library app, blah, blah, blah. You can actually subscribe to um, the general conference on podcast and be able to listen to it in that format. And it's great. It's great. And they will sometimes put some other stuff out there uh, for you to, to be able to listen to. Uh, also, as part of that, um, pay attention for a particular voice of previous guest of the cultural hall, Nick Galetti. Uh, he Ooh. is the one who voices uh, the between the uh, the episodes and stuff like that. He kind of does Very the cool. hunters and, and some of that stuff. So shout out to him. Uh, so now I can finally delete that. That's several weeks old, but I've been waiting to do that. Uh, this one I thought was kind of interesting. There is a, a gentleman by the name of Gary Boatwright. He is in charge of all of the historical sites for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I know that he listens to the cultural hall because he said, hey, we should have me on. And we tried to get each other, uh, you know, scheduled and all that stuff. And then we didn't do it. And then it disappeared. So Gary, I know you're listening. We need to do that episode about the church historical sites because I'd like to ask you about this news story. They've taken out several of the paths and a lot of the buildings from the Hilkamora pageant. And recently, within the last month or so, uh, missionaries planted thousands of tree seeds there on the Hill Camorra. The hope is, is that uh, in a few years, that is 10 to 20 years, they'll start to have it looking as it would have uh, at the time when Joseph Smith would have gone to the Hill Camorra. So trying to bring it back to its natural state, it will take years and years and years. It took about 82 years um, to have it look like how it was now, because that's how long the pageant had been going on. Um, and then they also use this example of planting the seeds on the Hill Camorra as faith, an exercising of faith, because we plant the seeds and the seeds will grow into trees. Other changes uh, at the Hill Camorra is there's a new Hill Camorra monument sign that's in front of the visitor center. There's a new network of trails um, because they obviously took out the last ones. These are including those for wheelchairs, uh, and new access to the Angel Moroni monument that's at the top of the hill. There is new interpretive and wayfinding signs that have been placed in various locations along a new path. The Angel Moroni statue has been regilded uh, since uh, for the first time since 1935. So that's a hundred years of uh, no guild. Now it's regilded, and they've remodeled the basement of the Hill Camorra Visitors Center uh, at. Uh, at the Hill Camorra. And you know why they did that, right? Why they remodeled the no. basement. Because people would get done with the uh, the tour and they wouldn't show them the basement. But they said, uh, people would ask them, what about the basement? And uh, then, never mind. It's a joke for two people. <laughs> it's a joke for two people and you're welcome. Uh, but what about the basement? Well, okay, we'll show you the basement. At the Hill Camorra. It's vague. Vague at best. But the two people... They want to know about the basement. They appreciate the joke. And you can send that to contact at the cultural hall. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. So I've got three really quick ones all about Lindsay Sterling. Do it. Um, number one, she has a Christmas concert tour that she's doing all over the, the U.S. She's about halfway through with it, but there are still stops in um, New York, Indiana, uh, Wisconsin, Colorado, Idaho, California, Arizona, and Utah. 
Um, so go to lindsaystoley.com for that. She um, was recently had a, uh, an appearance on a Hallmark Christmas movie you can watch on Peacock. It's called A Fabled Holiday. Mm. And then um, I believe just as of yesterday or the day before, just as we're recording this, um, her music video for her um, Oh Holy Night was released beautiful um the people guys who did the chosen worked with her on it and they cool. there's there's uh, footage fr- from the chosen woven into the music video and she sings a little bit as well as playing and dancing it's beautiful so does she sing as well as she plays and dances <sighs> she doesn't do a whole lot of singing mm-hmm. so it's hard to know but um but she's she can sing it's beautiful yeah nice uh, a couple other quick stories this one has been in here for a couple of weeks uh, missionaries that is for the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints assembled four hundred thousand meals for the Utah Food Bank, they get them all together in a room and say, hey, let's do this. Uh, the uh, service project was organized by a Florida-based nonprofit called Hunger Fight. Um, without these thousand volunteers, um, the uh, volunteer organizer, Sherry Porter, and founder of Hun- Hunger Fight said, without these thousand volunteers, we'd never get it done. But they'll actually pack those 400,000 meals in one day. Which is a wow. huge deal. That's awesome. When they got the four hundred thousand finished, guess what they did? They rang a big bill bell and celebrated. Ta-da! Woo-hoo. And then they did that four hundred thousand times. <laughs> so it's ringing all day long. Constant bell ringing. It's like uh, the Salvation Army around those missionaries. Uh, other quick story. Yes, two. Yes, oh, I've got, got two more. I've okay, got two really, really, really quick ones. These are both from the Center for Latter-day Saint Arts. There was a whole article. Um, that's their season gift guide. So okay. it has music and books and and various things. And then so we'll link to that. Some great stuff that is by Latter-day Saint creators. Um, and then there's an, an article a talk called Food Culture, where it's actually reviews of recently released cookbooks by Latter-day Saints. Um and if you're a big foodie person, then I highly recommend that one. And it mentions um, one of my other BFFs, Louisa Perkins. Her um, second edition, Comfortably Yum, is in there. And so mm. some of my favorite recipes are in their original version. So go, go, go. The, the names of cookbooks are my favorite. The names of yeah. cookbooks are like my favorite my uh, my favorite thing next to names of like improv groups, next to names of like ska bands, yeah. next <laughs> to names of podcasts. The, yes. you know, Comfortably Yum, which is obviously a reference to Comfortably Numb, which is, you know, song from Pink, Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd, he said. Yes. I don't know. 99% sure. People are yelling at their uh, earbuds right now. Uh, the BBC greenlights a documentary on Europe's only MTC. The BBC is to profile the or- only Mormon training center in Europe via a documentary on its religion and ethics slate. The uh, working title of this show is The Mormons Are Coming, which I hope is not just a working title. That's a great title. Uh, it will follow three young missionaries as they arrive at the MTC in Chorley, Lancashire, uh, which prepares missionaries uh, from the U.S., Europe, and Australia for work in the United Kingdom. So I thought that was super cool. They're going to give be given all access to that. Uh, gathering, gathering, gathering. I want to make sure I get all the news in here. Uh, there is um, a church building in Tabor, uh, which I'm pretty sure as I looked up, it, it's... Canada. This is terrible. This is why I tried to spend time. Anyway, they donated it because the area doesn't um, require that that building 
be used for church services anymore. Although the stake president would say our numbers are getting are not getting fewer, but the way we get together and worship has changed over time. Um, they've donated the building to make it a uh, center for the arts. Uh, also recently, we talked about the one that is being turned into a food pantry up in the Idaho Falls area. Super cool to see these buildings be donated and still used as opposed to just being demolished, especially when some of the most expensive things that um, nonprofit organizations need are a place to be able to um, to get together to house their particular nonprofit. Um Married members that serve in uh, young single adult wards have been dismissed. Unless you're the bishop, everyone else should be a young single adult. That's the recent charge from the church. So in the past, if people don't know, those that have been serving, like is the Relief Society president, have been married people that were serving in a young single adult ward. And the church has finally said, listen, okay, we should probably have the bishop be a married person, but the rest, let's fill the roles from people within the ward, including first and second counselor and executive secretary from uh, for the bishopric, so they will all be, except for uh, the head, encouraged. So was that to be a change at some point too? Because I'm thinking back to the. Granted, I'm a whole lot older than a lot of people, but my single ward experience, I was in the Relief Society presidency, and I was a young person. So sure. So I, some, I mean, it wasn't church-wide, clearly. I was just wondering if that was a common change. Yeah, and so point. some area, so some areas, um, some areas did well about that, and others didn't. Now uh, the church is saying, "Listen, as," and I'm sure that you know, uh, Relief Society president could still be a married person in the young single adult ward. They could bring someone in for that if they don't have someone otherwise. But I think the encouragement is: is literally everyone except for the bishop should be someone from that ward gotcha. and it gives you more more oh, opportunity to, serve, to experience for sure that. um yeah. from palo alto california the christmas crash exhibit uh it's one of the top uh five things on yelp to do in the palo alto area this is um a meeting house there in palo alto california 35 years ago uh, the members there uh, began to notice an interesting tenor spreading throughout the community um, that that uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints don't believe in Jesus. So what did they do? They said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a crush or a nativity, and we're going to do it at our church, and we're going to do it better than anyone else. And so they did. And so now for almost 35 years, they've had this, and more than 10,000 people make their way through this particular meeting house to be a part of this. And you know what? That's awesome. a big deal. And you know what? That's magnifying your calling. And you know what? That's thinking out of the box. So when you come to a meeting and you're like, hey, I've got something that might be a little bit different. And people are like, I don't know. We don't do different. Maybe you could encourage them to do a little different. Think outside the box. Right? <laughs> you look mad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I know that there are people in uh, my particular ward who, uh, who listened to the cultural hall. But I had an interesting experience with this recently. And all I'll say is, if you find yourself saying the statement, I don't know why we've done it that way. We've just always done it that way. Sometimes just doing it not that way can create a whole different world. I'm reminded of the great uh, George Costanza uh, an an excellent episode of Seinfeld, opposite, where he, where he literally does everything opposite of what he thinks he should do, 
and that's when he gets a hot girlfriend and a, and job a great job. Yeah, it's, yeah, and all this go against so, every you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Within reason, of course, but just because. But no, I think that's if you could, if you can say this is how we've always done it. I don't know why. The minute you think or say that, go okay. Well, let's talk about why. I mean, is there a better way to do it now? Maybe this was the best way when Harold B. Lee was around, but maybe there's a better way now. Maybe yep. that reason doesn't exist anymore. Maybe we can reach people better. And so, and also, yeah. and maybe it is the best way. But I'll look, room, I'll leave room for that. Maybe it is the best way. Maybe it's something that we collectively don't understand that it is the best way, but we can have that conversation around it. Uh, Elder Jason Halleck, he is serving in Springville, Utah. This is super cool. It's a service mission. He was a, an elder that needed to serve in that capacity and has knitted a thousand hats and 100 scarves for the Bishop's Storehouse. And I think it's just a tremendous article. And one of the things that I love to see that now, you know, when we're opening what uh, service as a missionary could look like, that someone like Elder Halleck is able to serve and to do that. And how cool. That is cool. Uh, as, a, as a knitter, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And historically, to knit. I said historically, men actually have been knitters, largely like soldiers will learn how to knit so they could like make their own socks in the trenches and that kind of thing. So it's actually not just a female thing. It's not, it's so that's oh, no, way cool. Oh, no, no. It's very I, cool. I would that's never awesome. be so presumptuous. You know who was not a knitter? Ernie Moore. Now you gotta read this article. There's a link for it in the show notes. He recently passed. He was known as the executioner. And <laughs> I just love that. He was a professional wrestler, died at the age of 82. Um, he was a uh he traveled all throughout North America, riling up wrestling fans behind a dark mask. He was a devout member and bishop of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, he, as this article says, uh, he was a bishop and also sang in a tuxedo with the Harlequin singers. Uh, he worked as a weekend bouncer uh, and um, read the Book of Mormon while monitoring the front door of a club. He and his wife adopted children after having two sons. It's just this glorious piece about this guy that, you know, maybe you would know him professionally and you'd never think, oh, that guy is a bishop. Well, he certainly was. His name is Ernie Moore, and may he rest in peace. I love that. He is liked for being a bad guy. He was the executioner. Um, Okay, so do you have like five more minutes? I've got five more minutes. Okay, because I want to get through a couple of these articles that have just been hanging out there. And, uh, and that way, then I feel like we're current and my... Uh, my OCD part of my ADHD can be put to uh, to rest. Um, there is a great article that was uh, published by the Deseret News that outlines all of the efforts that Latter-day Saints have done in Ukraine. And this um, talks about uh, not only in country of Ukraine, but also those refugees who have found themselves here in the state of Utah. Uh, Governor Spencer Cox of the state of Utah has welcomed Ukrainian refugees saying, hey, you know what, if you guys can get here, we would love to, to have you and be able to take care of you. And, um, and, and there's an amazing article by the Deseret News that outlines um, all that the church has done. But just a highlight, um, the church has assisted more than 1.6 million refugees 
and internally displaced persons through more than 100 projects in 32 countries throughout Europe just in the year 2022 alone. So wow, uh, pretty astounding. It's unfortunate there's that need, but awesome that um, that you can uh, look to what the church is doing in a, in a time when we didn't used to do that very well. Now that we are doing that better, I really appreciate that. Um, you're going to hear about more of this in the next coming weeks. Um, there is another uh, molestation story coming out of San Diego with the church. Uh, details are minimal at this point, so just know that um, we'll keep an eye on that. There's been a lawsuit that has been filed. And and here's the unfortunate thing, certainly that that person, um, you know, w- was molested or, you know, allegedly molested, I guess we should say, uh, and that those things occur. Um, but but also unfortunate is it seems that it has a lot of the same things that the story of out of Arizona, the story out of Oregon um, with the church helpline and that stuff. So we'll kind of follow that as more details become available there. And then also this story here, he said, as he scrolled, I'm not sure if you saw this, but do you know about India's World Peace Dome? No. Okay, so this is in Pune. I think that's how you say it. It's the World Peace Dome in Pune. And they have um, statues of all different types of religious leaders. Um, people from, you know, all, all different uh, faiths, backgrounds, and all that. And all of these have... Um, statues in the World Peace Dome. Well, now there is a 15-foot uh, high, 15-foot high bronze statue of the Prophet Joseph Smith. This was unveiled on November 22nd. Um, there are 54 other religious leaders, scientists, and philosophers that are in this 263-foot high dome. Uh, Elder D. Todd Christofferson said, as I speak to this audience, I feel a great sense of friendship I am gratified that you would honor us as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as you honor the prophet Joseph Smith with his statue in the in this majestic hall built to promote world peace. I honor each of you and express gratitude for your generosity and kindness. Uh, he then went on to talk a little bit about who Joseph Smith was for people who may not know. And, um, and then... Uh, It goes on to say, I'm grateful to God for the prophet Joseph Smith for his life uh, of sacrifice and for his role in restoring the gospel of Jesus Christ, said King Hussein, the chairman and CEO of Span Construction and Engineering. Um, He is the one who helped build the uh, statue for that. Among many principles that Joseph Smith taught, he also advocated the rights of all human beings, the freedom to worship according to the dictates of their own conscience. And he also encouraged self-reliance and the need to follow the commandments of Jesus Christ to love our neighbor as ourselves. So as we leave this, my question to you, how do you feel about a large statue like that of Joseph Smith? Initial take on it. I think it's cool. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's if it were all by itself, that would be like idolatry in some way. But mm-hmm. I think if it's in a room that's honoring a whole bunch of other world leaders, I think that's nice to get the nod yeah yeah so my initial take on it was uh i mean i don't know joseph smith spoiler don't know him personally hope to you know want to pass on the other side 
certainly learn about him, study him about him and that stuff. But I can't, like my initial thought was, I'm pretty sure he'd be like, guys, what are we doing here? What, what, what is happening? Uh, but then to, to know and to recognize, hey, you know what? This is a group of people that are recognizing our contribution in a world scope and using, um, you know, Joseph Smith as sort of the figurehead of that. I thought, okay, that's significant, but certainly we have a prophet today as well. It could just as easily be, you know, Russell M. Nelson as it could be Joseph Smith. Mm. You know, if you if you follow that that, that God has a prophet in on church, but but yeah, paying sort some sort of homage to um, Joseph Smith, obviously for restoring the church. The one thing that 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 I um, I did think kind of on the converse side of it is it doesn't help us. When this is what people think of when they think of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and those who would accuse us of worshiping Joseph Smith. It doesn't help in that cause. I think it's right. great. I love that we're considered. I love that it's there. I, I love the honor. I think it'd be a cool place to go for sure. But it was a thing that uh, that I had several feelings on all sides of it going, well, I don't know. No, no, I love it. No, I hate that. Why did we do that? <laughs> Etc. So. So are we ready for this? We hope that this episode had, has nourished and strengthened your body. We hope that if you are sick or afflicted, that you'll be well and able to listen next week. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of, of the... the- Cultural, Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we read 